Well, good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're here this morning in person or on live stream. And I think that little clip, that little five-minute video sums up how we are to, right? <laughs> right? I will. Since you're here and I'm here, why not? But it's such a picture of the ripple effect. This whole idea of this video of this random act of kindness turning into another random act of, of kindness. There's another, you know, movement, this whole idea of like, Pay It Forward. There actually was a, a movie of this back in 2000, Pay It Forward. It was based on a novel by Catherine Hyde about a 11-year-old boy in Las Vegas who had to do a social studies extra credit. The whole class got extra credit for the year, and it was this idea of think of something that would change the world. This idea of paying it forward, and if, you know what, I do something for somebody then I want to encourage them, hey, just go out and do something for somebody else and pay it forward. We saw a little picture of this actually back in December up in Brainerd where 900 cars went through the Dairy Queen and every car paid for the person behind them. Not to be outdone by Connecticut at a Starbucks, of course, who had 1,468 people pay it forward. I mean, it was days of paying it forward. There was another movement, 423 cars and another Starbucks going on in that. This guy saw it on social media. He drove to the Starbucks just to break the chain. And he said, you know what? People are doing it out of guilt, not generosity. And I thought it should be broken and that. But hard to say, right? But this whole idea of living outside of ourselves and blessing somebody else. I mean, this whole concept of random act or pay it forward gives us this picture of the impact of a ripple effect. And this is the series we're in, the ripple effect. This is what it's about. The first week of the series, we talked about the ripple effect of prayer, how our prayers can impact another person's life, bringing the almighty God and his power in and acting on behalf of a person's life that we're praying for. And because of that, then they are extending prayer to others and then others are extending prayer to others. And it's this ripple effect. Last week, we talked about the ripple effect of our story of sharing what Christ has done in our, in our life with another person and how it transforms their life because they're in relationship with Jesus. Now they go share with another person. It's basically living out Matthew 28, 20, the Great Commission. Go make disciples of all nations. How do we do that? By telling our story. It's this ripple effect. And today I want to encourage us when it comes to the idea of a ripple deed and how our deeds can cause, we are created to initiate ripple effects. It's all based on our theme scripture back in Genesis Chapter 12, where God starts a relationship with a man named Abraham, God tells him, listen, Abraham, I am going to bless you so that you can go out then and be a blessing to the nations. He started this ripple effect. And we are, first off this morning, number one, we have our position in Jesus to allow us to bring a ripple effect to those around us. I want us to focus this morning on 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 9a, where we read about our position now in Jesus Christ. 
In 1 Peter 2, 9, verse 8, it says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. If you're in relationship with Christ, that is who you are. That is now your position. Let those descriptors soak into the bones of your body, into the deep crevices of your heart. You walk out of here with those labels. Not the labels maybe the world's throwing on you, those labels. Did you hear that? You are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, holy nation. You are special possession of God. That's who you are. 1 Peter 2.10, he says, hey, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. There's this transition that has taken place, which allows you now to be a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. In 1 Peter 2.11 then, he says this, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. What Peter is telling us here, the writer is saying, listen, you no longer are who you were. You're now foreigners to that life. You're an exile to that life. You are now what? Again, you are God's chosen people. You're his royal priesthood. You're his holy nation. You're a special possession. You're a foreigner to your old life. We get this picture when we read 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The new creation has come. The old is gone. And the new is here. It's here. That's what the writer's telling us here. Man, you are a new creation. You're now foreigners to your old life. You left it. You are new. And when Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians, he had this idea of the change of a caterpillar. And look at the picture up here from a caterpillar to a butterfly. There is nothing that is the same about a caterpillar and a butterfly. I mean, the butterfly is now a foreigner. It is different than its old life right? I mean, it doesn't walk. It has color. It flies all over. It has incredible freedom to go. And this is the picture we're getting when it comes to our position in Christ. We are no more our old life. We are this new life. We have this new position in Jesus Christ. And God wants us to recognize that on a daily basis. When we roll out of our beds, when we start our days, he wants us to remember who we are in him. A chosen people, a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You remember that as you go out. But because of our position, we now have our purpose in Jesus. And 1 Peter 2 9b, the second half, says this, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Hey, because, again, we're this chosen people, royal priesthood, this new creation, we have our new purpose. 
We are to declare the praises of God, what God has done in our life. And 1 Peter 2.12, he goes on and he says, then live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. That they may see your good deeds. This ripple effect, right? On the day that Christ visits us. That they may see your good deeds. That word see literally in the Greek means over a period of time. It's just not a one-off. It's over a period of time that in your home or in your workplace, as you are a neighbor, that if you're in school, wherever it might be, that those around you recognize that you are a holy nation, God's special possession, a chosen people. Why? Because of how you live because of your generosity and your good deeds. In Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This whole idea of this ripple effect as they see consistently our life, our good deeds, that they would, as an unbeliever, seek to know the God that we know. Seek to know the God that we know. Live in such a way where people come up and say, what? who are you? Why do you do that? I mean, nobody does that stuff. It's crazy, right? Live in such a way where we can say, you know why? Because Jesus did it for me. He did something crazy for me. He died on the cross for me. And so I'm willing to do whatever for others because of his generosity. 1 John 4, there's the ripple effect right there. We are out being lovers because he first loved us. And as we're out being lovers, hopefully other people then are gonna carry that on and extend love to others. So as Christ followers, we're not called to do random acts of kindness, but to do regular acts of kindness. Every day, roll out of bed, say, God, how do you want to use me today? Could it be to buy a cup of coffee? Could it be giving up my four loaves of bread and two fish as the little boy did? And Jesus took it and fed 5,000 with it, right? Could it be an act where you extend forgiveness to somebody? And because you extended forgiveness to them, they're like, you know what? I should forgive others. I should forgive this person at work. And they experience that and they're like, you know what? I should give, forgive my mother. And this boom, 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 right? It's in the Lord's prayer, right? Forgive us our debt as we forgive others around us. Could be a kind word. Could be a warm car on a cold day. These cold days. Pulled into Menards last week. Pulled up and this car next to me had their hood up and that. And I didn't see anybody. Went into Menards, came out. There was a gentleman standing there and couldn't get the car started. I pulled the Suburban around and said, hey, let's try to jump this thing. He was trying a battery charger thing. And I'm like, hey, let's just let it run, let it run. And then I, I looked in the car and his dad was sitting in the car. And I'm like, sir, sir. And they didn't speak English. They speak, spoke Spanish and I'm just terrible. Spanish, you know, and I'm like, come over to my car. Heated seats, heated seats, you know, come, come, come. And he was like, kind of like, come, come, you know, and he got in and he's like, Ooh. 
you know, you know, it's like, ooh, this is good, you know, and that, and we just let it, let it run, and the thing just wasn't starting, wasn't starting, but I'll tell you one, one thing, it's not the first time I haven't laid hands on an engine in prayer, and that, and I'm like, God, you got to start this thing, it ain't going, it ain't going, and these people don't live close, and it was a little selfish, and I'm thinking, I don't want to drive all the way, take them all the way home or whatever, because their vehicle's going to be sitting here and all that, and literally laid hands on the car and just say, God, you got to start this thing because it ain't doing it. And boom, the thing started. It's a random act of kind. I mean, it's just these regular things, right? And they let the thing running and going and I left. But, but people do that. That's nothing heroic, right? But it could be a little candy mark. Could be just a nice compliment. Hey, you're doing a great job. Thank you so much. Could be a text, right? Could be a phone call, whatever. Listen, as a royal priesthood, as a holy nation, right, as God's special possession, we are called to be people who do not pass judgment, but joy. Not judgment, but joy. Too many Christ followers are on social out a year of joy. Judgment, and we gotta stop and start passing joy. How about a year of joy? Huh? How would that change our world, right? Let's do a year of joy. I mean, everybody wants to change the world, but nobody wants to start with themselves. Let's be the epicenter of a ripple effect. We probably can't change our country right now, boom, like that, but we can certainly start by changing our community and then maybe changing our county and then it ripples out to our country. But let's be the epicenter of that. Why? Because we're this chosen people, special possession. We have this incredible position in Christ. And so when you came in, you got a card on your chair that we've used in the past. For I, Sandy Cowdy, have a blessed day. So when you're out and you go to the restaurant, maybe today for lunch or whatever, leave a nice tip, a nice tip, and just leave the card. You don't have to write on it, just leave the card. If you're going through a drive-thru, pay for the person behind you. Just leave them the cards and say, hey, have a blessed day, whatever it might be. Bless somebody else. Be this ripple effect. Because here's what's so interesting. Sometimes, because of our position, because of God's purpose, hey, I want you to live in such a way where, where your good deeds are seen and there's this ripple effect and ultimately people want to know me, Jesus, because of how you live, because it's different than the world, right? On a consistent basis. You see, the world will do random acts of kindness. They do that. I'm calling us to do regular acts of kindness. It's just who we are. We look for it daily, right? But what's so interesting is number three in the outline is that, hey, at times there is this our potential pay that shows up. Luke 6.38 says this, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together. Make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give determine the amount you get back. God does this thing where like, man, as we bless others, as we open our hands and let God take things out, he brings things in, right? I always say, you, he can't do much like this. You can, you know what? He can't take it out, but he can't give you anything either. You hold it like this, right? Proverbs 11, 24, 25, listen to these words. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. 
Did we not see that in the opening video? Right? It started with the man in the orange vest, the construction worker, helping the young boy, who then helped the elderly lady across the street, who then gave change to the woman, who then gave the wallet to the man, who the man then helped carry the luggage from the luggage. The man bought two hot dogs, gave one to the man who took care of the girl's phone, from the girl's phone to the flowers, from the flowers to the nice tip, from the tip to the waitress. The waitress takes a glass of water and walks out to the construction worker who started it all and gave it to him. There it is. Those two verses lived out right there. And that is our call. That's what God calls us to and how he wants us to live and have this ripple effect among the nations, like he called Abraham. And so that's my challenge to us here at New Hope Community Church. Let's be ripple people when it comes to our good deeds. Not so that we're praised, but that it praises our Father in heaven, that people would come to know him and in relationship with him. So I want to just close this morning by sharing a story from New Hope of one gal, Kelly, who reached out to another gal, Layla, and spent time together and how it caused this life transformation and now this ripple effect of Layla's life in others. So let's watch. And as we watch and as we go, let's be people who do ripple deeds. Let's watch. Hello, New Hope. I'm Layla, and I am a volunteer with New Hope Recovery. Hey, New Hope. My name is Kelly, and I'm on staff here at New Hope. When I first met Layla was about six years ago, and um, I had become a youth leader. I'd been a youth leader for many years, like eight or ten years. And so I met Layla one night. We had had a youth bonfire, and she needed a ride home. And I was like, sure, you know, I'll give you a ride home. And so she started telling me about what was going on in her life at the time. It was kind of my first little bit of wanting to open up. And I think God kind of led it to my ride bailing on me kind of thing. So Kelly had to bring me home, which was awesome. The door opened. And I kind of just opened up to her. I just felt like I needed someone to talk to when she was there. And... I was in the right place at the right time. I think what hurt the worst is when my parents found out that I attempted suicide and having to tell them what was actually going on and like just having someone that was on the outside to talk to was easier to tell how I felt. So to New Hopers I would say being available is one of the most important things. Um, I didn't have the same experiences that Layla did growing up. I hadn't encountered any of those things, but I knew that she needed somebody, and sometimes it's not even giving advice. It's just being a good listener and knowing that they can text you or call you, and you'll be there to answer it. Ever since then, and Kelly's impact of just being available for me, I really just wanted to give back, and it took some time for me to do self-care and get there. It wasn't an overnight process. The more I got connected with the church, the more people 
showed me unconditional love. And then I got connected with the recovery group and doing the children, and that's what I really wanted to do. It gave me the opportunity to touch people at a younger age that's gone through what I've gone through. And um, since then, I've grown and helped lead Alpha Group and uh, was really excited, actually, just even a month or two ago, I started an art group and I just feel God's leading me to give back and keep on giving to people because maybe one day I can be like what Kelly was to me. So in the last six years, I've seen Layla go from maybe not living until the next day to you were a guest on my podcast when we talked about mental health. You were, um, you've been speaking in front of people at the recovery ministry. You're here now and leading the groups that you have. And so I just think when I look back, you know, that ripple effect of a youth leader being one to me and me being one to you and what you're doing now, I just think, you know, what more could you ask for? Mm -hmm.